You're listening to She Starts Up. Lauren Sanders is the manager of the office of the CEO at Clio. Lauren specializes in transforming CEO Jack Newton's ambitions into reality, servicing the interests of the entire organization and delivering an exceptional customer experience. Lauren's most important project is leading all aspects of event production and company-wide collaboration for Clio Cloud Conference. In 2018, the Clio Cloud Conference celebrated a net promoter score of 74 and is widely considered the foremost event for leaders and entrepreneurs in legal profession. Since its inception in 2013, Lauren and her team have grown this event from 200 attendees to more than 2,000 in 2019. Let's start up. You're listening to She Starts Up, a podcast for ambitious businesswomen and modern working moms to learn strategies for starting their venture and family at the same time. Tech CEO and working mom Janine Sickmeyer will take you on a journey from building a business to surviving motherhood with four under four. Each week, Janine shares tips and interviews successful women to hear their journey so you can find balance and confidence to turn your startup ideas into reality. Here's your host, Janine Sickmeyer. Let's start up. Hi, everyone. I am so excited to bring Lauren Sanders of Clio on the show today. Lauren is the manager of the office of the CEO at Clio. Lauren specializes in transforming CEO Jack Newton's ambitious ideas into reality, servicing the interests of the entire organization and delivering an exceptional customer experience. Lauren's most important project is leading all aspects of event production and company-wide collaboration for the Clio Cloud Conference. Lauren and I met at the very first ClioCon, and I was thrilled to meet the person who coordinated this fun and educational conference. Over the years, I've watched Lauren grow with Clio and have always admired her work that's innovated the legal tech industry. So Lauren, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for inviting me. It's a real pleasure to join you today, Jadine. Yes. So first, I kind of wanted to talk about how you guys came up with even the idea to, to start ClioCon and really like, how did you know that anyone would come? I mean, how did that all transpire? Well, I think ultimately Jack has really ambitious ideas and he's kind of the leader who likes to go big or go home. So he surveyed or included in our annual customer survey, a question um, at the end of 2012, I do believe. And it was, if we had a conference, would you consider coming? Mm-hmm. And from that, I think he got just enough motivation to actually sort of move forward and looked around the organization. Clio was a much smaller, you know, much scrappier startup organization back at that time. And I was one of the only people in the organization who had really any events or hospitality type background mm-hmm. and was kind of crazy enough to say yes when he put it on my plate and kind of asked me if I would like to come to Chicago. He thinks Chicago could be a good city to kind of kickstart things in. Would we come select a venue and basically put this event on and organize it in under six months? And yeah, I haven't looked back since. And it, yeah, it's been a wild ride. That's awesome. Have you been to Chicago before? Did you know that that would be a, a good starter 
Um, that was my first time to Chicago. Okay. Uh, I think Jack just knows, like he knew it was a very central location, very easy to kind of get to. There's already lots of other events happening in that city. Um, and honestly, it ended up being a really fantastic place for us to have the first couple of years of the event. Uh, it's dynamic. It's um, really interesting. It's a really great city to visit. And I think as a result, it's a really great city to host an event. Yeah, I, I loved it. So I went to the first Clio mm-hmm. conference. Um, I so how many people were at that initial? Two hundred and thirty-one. Okay, that's what I thought, and I was like, <laughs> it's right around two hundred. Um, and how? And then you, how many did? Um, how many staff came from your team? Twenty-three. Oh, wow. I can't imagine running the whole thing on 23 people. It was a lot smaller. I mean, I look back at pictures and it's sort of, I kind of liken it to when you look back at your high school photos or like photos from when you were like going through adolescence and everything like, you're like, oh my gosh, why did, oh my gosh, how did we we pull this (laughs) off? Right. Um, And we've come a long way, baby. We've come a long way. It's been a really, yeah. (laughs) No, that's so exciting. And then, so you guys are hosting this one in San Diego, the, the Cleo Cloud Conference for 2019. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be in San Diego in October. And how many do you anticipate coming? So we're anticipating 2,000 people at this event. Yeah, and awesome. we're planning on bringing... Uh, and this time, I have 122 people already confirmed from Clio, right. but that's going to probably get added to. There's always a few extras that get added to in the lead up to the event, but it's pretty crazy. Uh, We're bringing about a quarter of the organization. And actually in years past, we've brought closer to about a third um, to give people a sense of the scale of the organization, but we've just been hiring so much. And that's what I was wondering too. Yeah. How many people you have? Um, I know that's so dynamic. It's always changing because yeah, you guys are growing like crazy. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a good group though. I mean, I, yeah, that first conference, um, I was so inspired. I think the thing that, oh, that I always remember and I tell my team and I tell anybody when I'm thinking about, a, you know, a tech conference is that you guys were like fearless and didn't care at all what, you know, like, you were so fearless that you guys posted all of those post-it notes on your board. Like, how can we make this better? How, and so for the, um, the audience, I'll say, um, for the listeners, what I'm talking about is we had this, you guys had this like wall and Mm -hmm. there were all these post-it notes, um, where you said, how can we make Cleo better? What do you love about Cleo? What do you hate about Cleo? And you, and you had all these post-it notes sitting out so everybody could come over and just write down everything. And it was so honest and I loved it. It was so, you know, radically candor. I suppose that, um, people could come up and say this bug, you know, this thing isn't working. I've been asking for this over and over. And, then the coolest part was by the end of the conference, you know, Jack comes up to do his closing keynote and says, by the way, while you guys were here enjoying the conference and learning so much about our product, we have been able to fix all of these bugs, change these things and add these features just in this amount of time. And I'm like, amazing. You know, I was like, this is magic. That was yeah. so cool. It's still something I think that we strive to do every year and it is really impactful. I think um, sometimes there there's small shifts. Um, obviously, like I, I don't want to <laughs> underestimate the amount of change that can go into 
seemingly simple changes within the product. Uh, sometimes something that seems simple can actually be incredibly complex when you dig into the back end. But sometimes it's not. And sometimes um, it's a simple or small change that really can have a meaningful impact to some folks in the room. And I think more than anything, the reason why we brought... At the time, it was 23, but at the time, that was like a third of the organization um, to the conference was, this is our opportunity to learn. Like You don't get this opportunity all of the time. And the product that we have today was in large part because of the feedback, because of the input we had from the people who use it. And maintaining that connection to the everyday use, the people behind the law firms, the people that are living and running their firms and running their lives uh, using our software, it's absolutely essential we keep them in mind. And I think coming out of that conference and later that year, you know, as we realized that, that the organization was scaling and we were getting bigger... We really wanted to maintain that customer-centric mindset. And so we established um, our cultural values that we've maintained as we've grown. And the number one value is customer success comes first. So this event is really an opportunity to learn, to engage, Mm -hmm. to create relationships. And I think some of those experiments we kind of ran in the very first event where, yeah, you can come up. If you don't like something we're here to listen, you know, and, and understand the pain, right? Like mm-hmm. where, where is it, where's the pain point? And then how can we adapt or solve for that pain point? Um, and ultimately it's helped the product evolve. Uh, and in years afterwards, uh, at more recent conferences, you know, we've just continued to double down year after year on trying to maintain that connection. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this year I already have over 40 people from our product organization, from product development, product management, product design. These are the people who build this actual product every single day. And it's very rare. I don't know if people realize how rare it is for an organization to let these people get them, give them an opportunity to meet Mm -hmm. customers. Um, A lot of software development uh, doesn't really have that opportunity to meet Mm -hmm. people face-to-face. And it's just incredibly impactful. Uh, I always hear people come back to the office, into their teams, into their conversations with this renewed sense of optimism and responsibility mm-hmm. and excitement. And it really kind of carries us forward and buoys the rest of the team um, and pushing forward, pushing harder. And I think it's really easy to be disconnected from something that you're building when you don't know how it impacts the lives of the individuals mm-hmm. using it. So, so important. And really, I think um, not only an amazing opportunity for our team, but also, I think, exceptionally important for our customers and exceptionally important for um, the future of the organization, too. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think what you guys have done and how you communicate with your users and potential users is something that I've never seen in any other tech company. And what I love is that also Jack and Ryan are so accessible. And that's something that I've always, you know, I've always been able to experience because I, I've, you know, met you guys when you were younger and newer. And I was able to, you know, kind of reach out and say, Hey, I'm starting this thing. How can you help me? But, um, and just like, teach me everything, you know, and, and I always remember, um, Jack just said, just launch, just do it. You know, what are you waiting for? And so every year I kept coming back, he's like, have you launched? And I'm like, ah, no, I will. And it was, you know, but that accessibility to, to, these people who know how, like what, what to build and how to do it is so important. And as a user, you, you know, you want to be heard. And 
we do the same, like, I mean, you know, we haven't done a user conference. That's what I'm really excited to talk with you about because we've considered it and we do a lot of, of customer success. We focus so much on our, the people using the product. We ask them for, you know, feature requests and we take all of their, everything that they want to see in the product. And, you know, we, we reach out to everybody and make sure, is this something everyone wants? And how many people is this going to mm-hmm. impact? And um, and then we build for them. And so I know we've picked up a lot of our um, our kind of, you know, tech morals and um, what we want to do from you, from what you guys have done. And so I, I just, I love seeing that and hearing that and watching the, the users at your conference um, talk about how, you know, how everything has evolved. And you guys have some like loyal customers, people that have been around since the beginning watching it change, which is so fun, right? It's so incredible. I mean, um, Catherine Marino Riesman will be at ClioCon again this year. She's our very first customer. She still uses Clio. Uh, there wouldn't be a Clio if it weren't for her, and as well as some of the other people who were just the early adopters who just sort of saw the future, saw technology playing what an essential role within managing a law firm and um, providing great, exceptional customer client experience to, within their own firm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, our customers are incredible. Like. So I'm like, there are customers with my personal cell phone number out there and yeah. I'm not saying everybody's getting my phone number, but <laughs> yeah. there are legitimately people that like I care for. Like, I'm like, how are you doing in life? Not just your firm, but you know, I feel like there's this mutual investment, um, of them in us and us in them mm-hmm. and their success is our success and vice versa. And this event, you know, some of those customers are not they're not the e- they're not easy customers. They challenge us, right? They ask hard questions. They come with a list. They have high expectations. They push us to be better. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's important that we don't forget where we came from as we kind of continue to grow. And those customers, again, are the backbone. They're why I still have a great job. And you kind of spoke to this like openness earlier about Jack and Ryan. So Jack and Ryan are the two co-founders of Clio. You know, they met in third grade. Um, if anybody who's been to the conference, you usually do get to hear as um, as it's kind of uh, commonly known around the office as the Jack and Ryan in diapers story. But you know, they go way back, and that friendship is really the backbone of the organization. And they are just friendly, good people, um, which is. Yeah. Fantastic. It's one of the reasons why I still work at Clio and yeah. I feel like why there's so much um, intrinsic motivation to do a great job because the people at the top are um, genuinely uh, engaged people who care about not only their employees, but also their customers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are just friendly people who want to be at, they want to have a party and they want everybody to be invited and they want to yeah. walk around and cheers everyone. And I've heard Jack say in particular, like time and time again, when it comes to you know your own successes, Janine, uh, with Next Chapter, and of course within your law firm and everything else that you've been working on, like uh, everybody, the whole entire industry is better, is improved when we sort of help each other, you mm-hmm. know, along. And um, you know, Jack and Ryan have some experiences that can be really valuable and really help other people give them insight in how to break through, have conversations that are really hard, how to put a pitch deck together that's effective, or, you know, even just, you know, uh, metrics around running your business, all of those things. And and I do see those come through as part of my other part of my job is working with Jack and 
more of an executive assistant capacity. And he's exceptionally generous with his time. Um, and in terms of both mentoring within the legal industry, um, tech companies or uh, working with different agencies or organizations that are looking to improve the practice of law, but then also within sort of just the startup and tech industry, generally speaking as well. Um, and I think that that really speaks to his intrinsic will to, again, you know, spread, share, share that like experience. You know, a lot of people I know have helped him along the way. And I think that's really paying it forward. Yeah. It's, he has always been generous with his time whenever I have questions and I'm having a challenge and, you know, how do you reach large firms or, you know, what are you guys doing for your, um, just to reduce churn? I mean, I've, I've reached out, you know, a few times to, people in the industry. And he's always one of the first to reach back and say, Hey, you know, here, let me put you in touch with someone on our team who can help you. And that's amazing. Um, I, I always appreciate that. So yeah, I'd love to hear how your role has changed too, Mm -hmm. because now, you know, you've been there for a long time and you have all these other people coming in. And of course, you know, I know Cleocon is your baby. (laughs) How do you, uh, first of all, how are you going to like offload some of these tasks and be okay with it. That's something I'm always like, but that's mine. And are you going to do it? You know, it's, it's hard delegating work, I think. And, um, so I'd love to hear how your role has changed and how you've been able to kind of, um, delegate work and continue to maintain, um, you know, your kind of touch on it, because I think everything that, you know, has happened with Clio, um, the conference is it's, you when you're the one who starts it and you know the best way, you know, and, and you're like excited to see the future of it and everything, as you add more people, I'm sure um, that can get a little challenging to continue to organize. Yeah. I mean, I think still an ongoing process for sure. Uh, my role has evolved pretty dramatically in the time that I've been with the company. So I started in 2012, you know, Clio was a much smaller, um, like I said earlier, a much scrappier organization. Everybody were wore multiple hats at that time. And you really had to sort of just be flexible, be willing to go and fill in the gaps wherever they existed. Now we've grown so much. The big bonus is having so many incredible people added to our team, people who are bringing experience from different industries, from different organizations. And I think the biggest area that I've been more than happy to delegate is uh, really a lot of the stuff related to um, the marketing, the sales side, the... um, you know, I have two members of my team um, who I lean on very heavily, who both work on the conference. One is 99.9% dedicated to the conference and the other, um, I'd put about uh, 40% dedicated to the conference. Mm-hmm. But we, we lean on everyone within the organization. There really is, you know, if you're coming to the conference, like you have put in time, like you are speaking at the conference, you're helping develop content for the conference. I've got people really going above and beyond in the organization in all sorts of other places out of the desire to make this thing be a great success. Mm-hmm. There are some areas where I feel like my role has sort of taken a step where there's some things that I'm more tangentially manage or am brought in as a stakeholder. So things like, for example, um, a lot of the design and a lot of the stuff around how we're going to like, you know, there's a wonderful woman on our team in marketing, Cher. She does an incredible job. She just sort of like, I go on Twitter and I see awesome stuff happening. You know, I'm like, 
Yeah. Thank you. She just does a great job. And I think that there's a lot of trust there. I think where, where we already are experiencing growing pains is this event is scaling really quickly. And the team that we have is tight knit and dedicated, but small. And so there is certainly a constant struggle in prioritization in just numbers of hours in the day. And then of course, um, our team, it's office of the CEO. So, you know, there are consistently, uh, I love working for Jack, but he is great at curveballs. Um, mm-hmm. He is an optimist, which is one of the reasons why I think he's had so much success. Um, but it also means that he has, um, exceptionally high expectations as well as un like, I don't know if it's unrealistic, but, um, really ambitious, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. ambitious, uh, expectations when it comes to what can be accomplished in a certain amount of time. Yeah. So, you know, I think it drives us, um, I would love to engage more people on my team. And I think in the coming time, uh, that will definitely be a factor. Mm-hmm. And I think there's been consistent conversations like where should this event live? It sort of has stayed with me. Um, I've indicated time again, you know, if it really needs, if it's better for the organization for it to go elsewhere, I'm open to that. Mm-hmm. But at this time, we have a really great partnership, uh, primarily with the marketing organization, the VP marketing, and Jack. Um, so Reagan, Adel, and Jack, they both have a weekly meeting with me and my team. Um, we're regularly collaborating with them. And I think right now it's in a position where if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> things are working out really well. Yeah. yeah, it works right now. And maybe, you know, I think mm-hmm. working at Clio, I'm just, you know, always ready for change. There's always something around the corner that might mean we have new information and we need to make different decision as a result. But the thing that I really, I think, am most tied to is the attendee experience, mm-hmm. making sure that we really... You know, I was there. I was one of the only few people that really was at that first conference. And there was yeah. a certain sort of, you know, magic to getting all of these people together in a, in a room, a tight-knit community of people who... We're already embracing sort of the future and mm-hmm. kind of created a bit of a community that I think has grown. But I kind of like, you know, it's like coming back to summer camp. Like there's definitely folks yeah. who come back year after year to connect with people that they've met through the conference, um, knowing that they'll meet other like-minded individuals there that mm-hmm. they can bounce ideas off of. Or I think there's an affirmation as well as part of it where like we all kind of already agree on like some certain things. I'm not, I'm not fighting you on whether or not you should use technology. It's more of a, what are you using? How are you using yeah. it? Um, and then also just like having a good time. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the conference is also there to inspire and give people something to chew on that they can think about or laugh about or... Yeah. You know, I think at the end of the day, if people walk away and they've got one or two incredibly insightful things they can bring back into their practice, a great new friend and feel well-fed and that they had a good time, like that can be this sort of driving factor that encourages people to come back year after year. Yeah. I have gone every time I wasn't pregnant um, and I've been pregnant three times now in four years. So that's a lot. But um, yeah, I, I've been to, I think, four... Mm-hmm four of them. Um, and then I plan to go this year and every time it's like, you guys aren't, um, you know, sacrificing anything. You continue to have just a wonderful experience, um, for, for the attendees. And I always go as an attendee, you know, Mm -hmm. I know that we will be, um, 
we, we will have a booth, um, at, at one of them, but honest, like that would probably be my team. And I would still just come <laughs> as an attendee because I have yeah. so much fun attending all the, the events and, um, you know, and all of the talks and getting so much out of it, connecting with people I haven't seen since the last year. And really this is like the best in legal technology. So even if you aren't a Clio user or you're, you know, unsure of what to use, or you don't even know if you need, you know, a a customer relationship management tool or any kind of, um, you know, even if you're so small and you're like, well, I just don't know if, if, if that's something I need, well, you can get so much more, um, from the conference than just learning about Clio too. I always tell attorneys when they contact us, um, and they, they ask us questions like, well, how can I learn about which tools I need for my practice? And we're like, well, we can tell you how you can use next chapter, you know, and we can send you over to our friends at Clio Mm -hmm. on how we kind of work together. But really like, if you were to go to the Clio cloud conference, you're going to learn about technology in general in the legal space and hear from all these inspiring people and learn about everything from, you know, robotics and law to, um, marketing practices. Mm -hmm. And it's not just like learn how to do this thing in Clio. And I think that's, what's really exciting because there's so many different tracks. And so you can go and it's not just, you know, uh, although it is a user conference, it's still just a legal technology conference in general for so many people to learn. Um, and I've, I've told a lot of law students too. I've had people contact me and say, how did you build an app? And I'm like, well, um, you're going to, you have a lot to learn. So <laughs> like, you're going to need to read a lot of books, um, you know, join all these networks and go to conferences like Clio cloud conference, because you're going to find so many ways, so many other people there too, that are building things, um, mm-hmm. and so many ways to, you know, to start your own venture. And really, I mean, it's, I've been to a lot of other uh, legal conferences and and this one is like my favorite, obviously. Oh, but thank it's, you. Yeah, of course. And I mean, you guys have, I'm like massage chairs in the middle of the day. Yes, please. So I'm over there getting massages, you know, going out to get good food, um, the fun events. Like there's so much more to it than... And the speakers, I'm telling you, I have had the best time learning and hearing from some of the keynotes that you guys have had, the speakers that you, um, that you bring. And I wanted to talk about that Mm -hmm. and find out how you find your speakers. Um, do you guys have like some time, you know, internal, um, plan to, to do you guys kind of say, this is someone that I think would be really great or where is that coming from and how do you get in front of them? Yeah. Um, so I, I manage all of that, uh, yeah. <laughs> and just everything. So, uh, both the internal and the external speakers. So like you said, yeah, we have, um, a few keynote spots throughout the conference. And with that, I think the really exciting thing is as this event has scaled, as my budget has grown, mm-hmm. you know, we really are trying to bring people from both within and outside legal that are just like next level speakers. And, mm-hmm we want to, you know, inspire and and give people like practical tools as well. Mm -hmm. With the keynote speakers, I literally watch, I think I've seen every TED talk. Um, I literally go through, um, hours of like different video footage. I, um, you know, regularly will, there's some other events that I think are really high profile and often Mm -hmm. have incredible speakers like what's going on at like, for example, like inbound conference this Mm -hmm. year. have coming up. That's interesting. Or 
I work with multiple agencies, uh, speaker agencies. So often I'll like kind of scroll through, say their resources, their website, and then work with different individuals at those agencies around like, okay, what kind of goals do we have for the event? What's the theme? You know, we're really trying to hit a good mix as well of different types of speakers to kind of slot into those positions. We just announced recently Glenn Greenwald as our uh, keynote speaker, one keynote speaker at the Clio Cloud Conference this year. And I'm excited about him. You know, he has strong point of view and um, somebody who has certainly dealt with exceptionally complex legal issues. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Snowden or Chelsea Manning's attorney. So I think, you know, regardless of people's perspective on him, he's going to provide a really great dialogue and open up some conversations around privacy and security and things like that, that are just good ones to have Mm -hmm. and um, a great dialogue to connect around at the conference. And a person who's obviously had some pretty interesting life experiences as well. (laughs) I'm sure he'll have a lot to say uh, that will be shocking and <laughs> in many ways. So. Yeah. And, and I really want to also make sure that there is um, on the other stages. So in our business of law and legal technology track in particular, and those are again, like not Clio, um, they are industry focused, not pay to play. So we don't sell those positions. And in fact, actually quite the opposite anybody who takes one of those positions are very clearly signing up for no sales pitches from the mm-hmm. stage. Um, there's no worse way to sell your product mm-hmm. than to get on stage during educational session and pitch. Yeah. Um, that's not what people want to hear. People want to learn. And mm-hmm. so um, what we really try to do there is think about where are the gaps existing? Where do we hear people having questions? You know, what is, what is a current issue? What might be an issue down the line or a question that's going to come up? Where do we still continue to see there be a gap between legal education and the realities of running a law firm or a successful practice? Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's also real limitations around um, continuing legal education credit that limit in other events the ability to speak to sales and marketing. Mm-hmm. And the reality is that um, law firms are still marketing services and still ultimately need to have a healthy uh, revenue channel in order to maintain themselves. And so, you know, we don't shy away from those topics, um, but, and also try to go and really tap into what innovative um, things are happening within um, both business of law. So I know um, with our legal trends report that comes out that coincides with the Clio Cloud Conference, um, you know, there's often really interesting business insights that come out of that. What key performance indicators or success metrics are law firms using to sort of drive growth? And that can be a solo practitioner driving growth from a revenue or from an efficiency perspective, um, or it could be a firm that wants to grow physically in the size of their team and the number of locations and different ways. Um, and then of course, within legal technology, um, you know, I think I spend a lot of time reading a lot of articles. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I, I try to, uh, a lot of blogs, a lot of tweets. I pay attention to like who, who's saying something interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, I also, honestly, I, I ask people, you know, there's, the best sort of reference source is often people who know other people who have something interesting to say. And you don't need to be um, somebody who's written 10 books on the subject. You just need to be an interesting person with a diverse perspective um, Mm -hmm. that is deserving of the stage and has something unique to share that we think is going to offer a lot of value to a strong segment of people that attend our event. 
And um, I'm really excited with how that agenda is shaping up this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll be definitely um, giving more, people more information on what October 21st and 22nd at the in San Diego are going to look like uh, sooner than later. Yeah. But you know, it it's a real concerted effort to make sure there's breadth of subject covered, that we have um, breadth of background. You know, we want to make sure we have people on stage that our audience can see themselves in. Right, um, that is exceptionally important to me. And from an internal, like, you know, our team put on presentations, they speak at this event and, you know, they audition as part of that process. Uh, it literally, we had a hundred auditions this year and about 40 wow. people that were, um, had spoken at the event previously that didn't need to audition again. So, you know, that was my life was scheduled in 15 minute increments for wow. a couple of weeks. Um, it was a big effort, but certainly yeah. worthwhile. And I'm so excited about the roster of people hitting the stage this year. It's hands down the best we've ever had. Um, And they will be spending the next couple of months working on the content they're delivering in those tracks. And it really, again, is about, you know, do we have a good mix of people from different teams, from different perspectives um, being showcased on that stage? Um, And yeah, diversity in particular is a really, really important thing for me um, Mm -hmm. personally and something that I've been never really had to fight anybody on, to be entirely honest. It's always been very like, well, yeah, obviously we should do that. But something that I've always been exceptionally mindful of and making sure that the stage um, is representative of not only the people that use our software, but just, you know, helping to sort of, you know, shake things up within the legal industry. And if we are transforming the practice of law for good, then that really does mean um, making sure that there's new voices being given an opportunity to share what they know and share their experience. Yeah, I think that's really cool that you have the auditions in-house that you guys um, are allowing people on your team to also, you know, add um, storyteller and speaker to their title, you know, and maybe people that have never been on the stage before, um, Mm -hmm. but have always wanted that opportunity. So that's really cool. Um, and we have a whole internal coaching component. Um, Yeah. yeah. So they're paired up. It's, 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 you know, there's definitely like a, some process that's behind it that we've really worked out the kinks kinks with over the years. Um, Something that I've actually delegated and tried to step back from and something I do actually really love is I personally would coach a couple sessions a year. um, And this year I'm stepping back from the personal coaching and we'll just sort of tactically step in and help where I can. Uh, But our people operations team, as well as um, some other individuals from other teams, our learning team, our product design team, sales, as well as um, our manager of developer experience, also are stepping into coaching roles. And, you know, I think they are all equally as invested in the success of the event and the success of the presentations. Um, So there's usually about a team of uh, four to five people behind every single presentation we put on. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then other presentations are, you know, people, some people submit, um, they reach out and they want to kind of have an opportunity to submit. And I go through each one of those and, and really kind of look at what have they forward. Um, is this innovative? I think is the number one question. You know, um, if you're pitching me on like 10 reasons to go to the cloud, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, you're speaking to the, you're preaching to the choir at this event on that one. That's probably not going to end up on the agenda. Yeah. You're um, like, maybe, you know, 2011 before we, even <laughs> yeah, maybe, uh, yeah. everybody's already on pretty sold at this event. I can yes. say a cloud conference. We're done. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, there's um, 
but it does, I don't just sit on my laurels there either. Like I have to go out, you know, um, unfortunately, you know, if you only let people who speak, who reach out, um, often it's sort of just the same, it's the same, right. Right. And it becomes that confirmation component, right. People who have spoke know they can. Um, and so, I try to find like, who's, who's doing something interesting, what's happening yeah. even in, within like news articles, people are internally are constantly sending me recommendations as well, which is incredibly yeah. helpful. Um, and as well as externally, you know, people are like, Hey, I saw this person. They're awesome. You have to think about them. Yeah. Um, and yeah, uh, no manals, you know, yeah, like, yeah, like, exactly. I know. Um, yeah, I'm like, what is the deal? More than fifty percent of women speakers as well, which I think is sort of you know should be standard. Yeah. yeah, I love the idea of the coaching. I'm like, I why? I guess I just um, I haven't you know been a speaker at a lot of events. Um, I've done it a few times, and honestly, I am terrified. I I like um, once it's over, I'm like, well, that was okay, but really. I get so scared. Um, and I'm sure that everybody is nervous, Mm -hmm. but I would, I think a cool idea is to kind of have a coach, um, for anyone that's, you know, for, Mm -hmm. for when inviting somebody, um, that would be a cool thing to be like, yeah, let's, we're going to also bring a coach or have someone working with you. That's kind of a, um, but not everyone would need that. Obviously, like you said, uh, there's so many people that do this all the time and, and everybody thinks that I would just be so comfortable with public speaking. I am not. <laughs> so I get like very nervous. And it's like three weeks of me just not sleeping and worrying. But then when I, I, I feel like I do have a lot to say and I want to share. So, you know, I, I guess that's also just, um, just getting comfortable with it, you know, doing it enough to not be nervous. Yeah. Honestly, I've, I've coached so many people all over the years at Clio and I've seen so much per- like personal transformation through it. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the thing that's, it seems like it's a lot of work for the people as they're kind of digging into it. Um, the more you do it, obviously the more natural it feels, but I've seen people just flourish professionally, um, or even things like, yeah, I was like my team captain on my like sports team. And I feel so much more like they just, feel more confident being in front of a group or they had to, they get invited to MC somebody's wedding and they kind of know that they can do that, you know, because yeah. it's something that is just a, it's a good life skill to have. Yes. Um, and being able to communicate ideas effectively, who doesn't want to be able to do that better? So, um, yeah. it's, and we, I, so I am a little bit devilish when it comes to things. So, you know, um, I pair people up, you know, a lot of time and energy goes into who's hitting the stage together, mm-hmm. but they are not necessarily people who even know each other. You yeah. know, Cleo is at the scale now we're at 433 employees, I think as of this morning, Wow, I don't know, 17 people started on Monday. I oh. don't know. It's crazy. It's constantly yeah. changing. So if you talk, if you air this by August, mid August, I think, yeah. you know, we're going to be probably somewhere closer to 460 by then. Yeah. But it's very reasonable to think that you might be paired with somebody that you might know their name, but you might not actually know them that well. Yeah. And you just kind of have to trust the process that, you know, when we watch people audition, when we think about how they work, what their skill sets and expertise is. So, you know, pairing somebody who works in our sales organization, who 
has a lot of fluidity in demoing the product and often brings a real great energy to the floor. Pairing them with somebody who works in like software development or product design, um, you know, those people have a totally different approach and perspective on the product. And bringing those two things together, um, you know, again, diverse teams are stronger, diverse events are stronger, um, and it's just going to ultimately be a better pairing in the end. And my favorite thing is every once in a while, I'm so good. I do make, you know, connections where people like legitimately become like exceptionally close friends after. And that just kind of like warms my heart. I do it with hotel rooms as well. I know that it probably stresses some people out. They're like, oh my gosh, I'm like, but I'm like, no, I've met you. I've met you. Oh, you know, like the matchmaker in me just comes out. Yeah. Yeah. That's (laughs) fun. Um, So I wanted to also ask, out of all these speakers you've had, who has been your favorite speaker of all time? Without a doubt, um, Haben Gurma. That's what uh, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she is, I still, I still have her email. Like I know I can reach out to her. She is just one, an exceptional person. So oh. if you're listening and you haven't, um, if you don't know who Haben is, her name is spelled H-A-B-E-N. And she is um, a refugee from Eritrea originally. Um, she is deafblind. She graduated Harvard Law. She was the first deafblind person to graduate from Harvard Law. She is a practicing attorney, but she's also just sort of um, a disability or inclusivity um, and just all things advocate. Uh, she is an exceptional person who really defies and really challenges what people think are possible. And she was a speaker at the 2017 Clio Cloud Conference. And I think not only was she exceptional on stage, she had a great sense of humor. She really had a human story around how people don't even realize like the ways in which we innovate, how they can be impactful, right? So, you know, you could be designing something for somebody who might be um, primarily blind, but how that can have so much more impact for people who have like sight impairment or sight challenges um, across a whole entire spectrum, or how it could be helpful for people who you know speak um, the language as a second language. Or there's all of these additional knock-on effects and positive outcomes that come out of designing with accessibility in mind. And she is just the embodiment of um, so much power and courage. And yeah, I I still pay attention to her. She recently was like doing something cool with like self-driving cars and all the rest. But um, she also spent a lot of time with the team, with our company, with attendees. You know, she is a big fan of dancing, so she came out to the after parties and was like out on the floor just like dancing with. It was exceptional. Yeah. Um, I also have to say that Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, that was pretty amazing. He was just so cool. I spent, I got to spend quite a bit of time with him at that event. Mm-hmm. What an interesting person. Um, and just driven like that person. He's just like self-fueled. Like, I don't think he even needs caffeine. Like he just is yeah. ready to rock and roll all the time. And I absolutely, I mean, the Canadian in me, I have to say like Chris Hadfield, oh. um, you know, he's a Canadian icon. Like he's the, per- I still get Christmas cards from him and it literally drives me. Like I just... So like, so fangirl, um, he is, um, an exceptionally important uh, Canadian figure, um, but also, um, just somebody who really spoke a really powerful message around preparation and, and being and planning for sort of all of these different outcomes and, and how that mindset can be just so impactful. And he was super cool. He was just a really cool guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. And you're like touching on everybody that I was going to say to <laughs> 
I'm like, no, I, so I met Gary Vaynerchuk in 2012. And then when I found out he was going to be at CleoCon, when was, which year was that? That would have been, I want to say, man, they all blend together at a certain point. I, I want to say 2015 or 2016. I was thinking 2015. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I was so excited to see what's going to be there because I'm like, oh, great. Like bringing together, you know, this, like, like what I was learning from at the time, um, and the legal world and some, you know, some of the people hadn't, um, hadn't even really known of him, you know, some of the, the attorneys and they were like, whoa, that, that was, you know, they, they got a lot from him. Um, and his energy is just like, intoxicating. So that was awesome. Um, and then, yeah, man, Haben Gurma was just incredible. She was just amazing. I, I remember walking out of there and being like, well, if she can do all of this, like, <laughs> what am I, what am I doing? You know, I'm like, I, there's just so much, um, power and like you said, courage in everything she does. It's just to use disability as a, a voice for innovation. And it's just incredible. I was blown away. And now I know she has a book coming out um, mm-hmm. in a couple of weeks. So I'm really yeah. excited to read that because yeah, I was, I was so moved by her talk. Yeah. If you are like the one from last year that I think really stands out is probably Brian Stevenson. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yes. They were all incredible last year, yeah. um, but Brian Stevenson, uh, there wasn't a dry eye in the house by the yeah. end of that presentation. He I mean, he is the, as the uh, executive director of the Equal Justice Initiative, and he had recently opened, um, been with Oprah, opening um, a real important um, civil rights monument within Mississippi. And, you know, he also has a really exceptional book. You know, the stories and the experiences that he has, I think, are those that we really need to focus on and really need to think think long and hard about, you know, what, what are we doing, right? What, are, what is this profession doing? How are, how is this profession contributing, um, and helping improve people's lives, um, and, and making sure that we're mindful of, the, of sometimes harsh realities of, of what the criminal justice system really looks like. Mm-hmm. And that's actually without saying too much, <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, something that I definitely want to pick up again. Um, yes. and maybe by the time this comes out, uh, we'll have announced things, but Okay. Yeah. No, I understand. <laughs> I'd like to pick up on a little bit uh, in yeah. 2019 and, and really be, it was, I mean, again, he was people, I should have put tissues out for that one. Yes. Uh, I think the audience was standing awesome. ovation and just um, people left that session just feeling connected to why they do what they do. Um, yeah. And really like the impact, you know, I think this isn't a, this isn't the type of event where people are making the the bad lawyer jokes and all the rest. I yeah. think there's a recognition that this profession, you know, has the possibility of, you know, really meaningfully impacting people's lives. And it doesn't really matter what kind of practice area people are in. There is an opportunity um, to provide clarity, to provide uh, a lot more, you know, solace, right? Like nobody's usually contacting a lawyer when everything's going quite right. <laughs> so it's rare when that happens. And so that recognition of like those moments are really crucial and an opportunity to, um, I think, do something really exceptional and help people um, solve their challenges and, or work through a crisis or um, address hard subjects 
um, and and do so in a way that um, is supportive and proactive and all of those other good things. And um, yeah, if, if this event in some way like helps inspire that or helps contribute towards that, like that's greater purpose for me. And if the people on stage are able to represent a, a new perspective or a new voice for the, the future of what that can be even even more incredible um and again like i didn't really touch on this but you know i also we early in the early on like the first year we're like look we can't we want to make sure we're offering really exceptional content at, to people year after year and because we do have like a loyal dedicated group of people who come year after year or consider coming you know other went than when they're having babies, um, yeah. you know, as often as they can. We also do have a stipulation that we do not invite e- external speakers back year after year. Mm-hmm. So you have to wait at least two years <laughs> to come back and speak at the conference. Mm-hmm. And that was really um, not motivated out of a desire because we didn't like any of them. They're incredible, yeah. but an opportunity to challenge ourselves and to make sure that we're putting fresh content, that we're putting um, new people on stage and really kind of committed to the transforming the practice of law for good mission that is behind Clio and ultimately behind the conference. Yeah. I think I'm just getting even more excited to go. And (laughs) I, (laughs) yeah. And I'm like, you know, I tell people all the time that, that I I've been to Dreamforce, uh, the Salesforce conference, and I learned so much there, um, from, you know, I saw Richard Branson and, Mm -hmm. uh, Tony Robbins and Sheryl Sandberg and, Lisa Meyer. I mean, so many people. Mm -hmm. And I am always inspired by listening to those people that I admire to, you know, learn from. And when I come to CleoCon, I feel the same. And it's like, it was just like a little bit of a, you know, slimmed down version because Dreamforce is insane. It's like, yeah. I don't Dreamforce is like takes over the whole city of San Francisco, yeah. but it's an event. Like, oh, good night. Yeah. It's an event I really look up to. I mean, I think yeah. uh, it's a totally different, fo- like, I think the goals of that event are different. Oh, yes. But, um, you know, this event, I think the thing that we are trying to do is this event scales because I think Dreamforce is a real. Um, driver within the industry. There is so much energy and momentum that comes out of that event. It's amazing for Salesforce, but it also is amazing for like kind of like the sales marketing and all the other industries that kind of like um, feed into it. Um, when we, As this event scales, uh, because, you know, Jack is ambitious and, you know, we are up for the, up for the challenge is trying to maintain like what was that magic when we were 231 people in the basement of the Hotel Sachs mm-hmm. in Chicago and how can we you know we have to recognize that some things will change over time and that you know there are different challenges that come with as we scale the event but like how do we sort of stay true to that initial event and how do we maintain the attendee centric point of view and you know, what can we do to help things that people love as part of the event continue to scale? So, uh, or, and what can we add to this event? Like, what does this increased scale kind of provide us as a new opportunity um, to sort of explore that maybe wasn't an opportunity or available to us either budget-wise or numbers-wise when we were smaller? And the craziest thing is like, as this event grows, like we're going to be moving into convention centers, which is like, you know, kind of blows my mind that, you know, (laughs) seven years ago, we were in a different, you know, again, in like a ballroom in Mm -hmm. a, in a hotel in downtown Chicago. And I think a lot of that really is because hopefully we're trying to address not only 
again, like you said, the needs of the customers that use our product and software, um, but also the broader industry. And this is, I think, one of the things that has changed as we've grown is this has become more of an industry conference. Um, Don't get me wrong. We've Mm -hmm. got our team there. We've got the sessions. We've got all sorts of stuff related to our product. But you do not need to use Clio to get a ton of value out of this event. And in fact, you can go to any one of 20 sessions and the keynotes um, to learn more about just industry best practices that are not specific um, to our software in any capacity and instead focus on best practices or mm-hmm. um, how to measure firm success or what types of like how to adopt technology effectively at a broader level um, and and ultimately just kind of again tap into the future of the industry and I think that's why we see people come you know there are people who don't uh, wouldn't use our software necessarily right like I hope that the members that we invite uh, from say bar associations or um, the law students that have attended in the past you know these are people who may not be using Clio right today or would ever necessarily use Clio, but I hope that they're getting a lot of value out of the event. And, you know, one driver, one way we measure that success or measure that outcome is net promoter score, Mm -hmm. which is something that I know Jack has spoken about at the conference. And if people are unfamiliar with net promoter score, it's a way of sort of gauging um, somebody's likeliness to recommend or refer something. And so I'm sure if everyone thinks back to their you know, experience using some tech software, or maybe they went to an event recently, you might have received a survey where you rated something on a scale of one to 10, how likely are you to refer, recommend um, a product or a service or whatever it be to a colleague or friend. And you take the number of um, promoters who could give you a nine or a 10. And there's your passes, your sevens and eights, which are they liked you all right, but they might not be willing to necessarily go that extra mile to refer. They might come back themselves, but they're not going, they're not evangelized. They're not necessarily at that same top tier as a 10 out of 10. And then six and below is all considered a detractor. And you take the number of promoters and you take the number of detractors and you overall um, end up with a score uh, from either 100 right down to negative 100 crazy as that could be. And um, ClioCon last year came out with a 74 and which is exceptionally high. And I think my team was just so thrilled because, you know, we really spend, I'm literally planning ClioCon 2021, 2022 at this time. And, you know, the time and energy that we spend in coordinating this event and the thought and care that goes in, you know, at the end of the day, sometimes we feel like we're throwing darts at a dartboard, but we don't really know where the actual target is. And we just hope that we're planning something that we would want to attend, that we think about the types of people that come to this event and what they're looking to obtain and what they're looking to learn and what they want to experience. And then it's kind of crafting backwards from that. Okay, well, where can we really wow people? Where do we think people are going to stub their toe or maybe have pain or challenge? Like, How can we kind of proactively get around that? And maybe it's additional signage. Maybe it's having staff in a specific place. Maybe it's um, you know advanced communication. But like, how can we really think about that attendee experience as it continues to grow. And uh, yeah, it's yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> I, I know I'm getting excited. I'm, I'm thrilled that you were able to um, chat with me a little bit about yeah. this and just, you know, I've always wanted to know like what goes into a user conference, but then what goes into now, you know, for you guys, this industry conference for um, in legal in general. And I am always a, a fan. I mean, I'm going to be there. Um, this year I'm actually, yeah. and your judge, 
Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, I don't know if you heard, but I'm going to be judging the startup competition, which is really fun. Um, do you have any like tips for me or anything? It's only the second year, right? That you guys have. Yeah. So that's the second so year for the launch code competition. Yes. And yeah, I think this is one of the like exciting moments at the conference is we give a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, so, I know. Uh, that's huge. That's which, like, yeah. I mean, I wish I had that when I was starting next chapter. Like, I mean, you know, if you're a scrappy startup, like, you know, Cleo once was and like next chapter was just a couple years ago. Um, I mean, you can do so much with that. So I think that's really awesome that you guys are putting it back into putting this, you know, some of the, um, success that, that you've had and putting it back into the community. And yeah, it's a great platform. It, I yeah. think, you know, um, Cleo's, um, app marketplace and platform community has just grown and is just such a thriving part of our um, of, of the Clio offering is really you know the number of strong partnerships and relationships and also I mean if anybody's in doubt that legal technology um, isn't isn't happening like they they're definitely sorely mistaken because I've just seen. Um, the industry explode with really fantastic niche product area author- offerings, others that are solving like broader firm challenges. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been really exceptional to see. And as, as a launch code judge, Janine, I think it's going to be real exciting. So I would recommend, um, cause I, I, I've judged, I've not judged uh, anything that people got a hundred thousand dollars for, but I've, I've yeah. listened to some pitches at some like local events. And I think what, what are they solving for? What pain point are they solving for? Is this something that people are going to get value out of and appreciate? Yes. And I think, honestly, you're on, we want your honesty. We yeah. want you to just really be, you know, how you feel things are going to uh, work out. You'll be one of a few judges. It is a blind judging process. And then um, really uh, key is the tabulation on the other end and a bunch of different areas that uh, people are being sort of graded on overall. Yeah. And yeah, it's exciting. I mean, so I, we, we haven't got the finalists sorted out yet, but I'm sure that's mm-hmm. coming on the pipeline soon. And um, we'll be giving away that $100,000 during the closing remarks on October 22nd. Yeah, that's awesome. I can't wait. Well, I am so thankful um, that you were able to join me today and, and talk all about the, the conference and about your role and how fun is that. I mean, it just sounds like a dream to be able to just, you're researching all these inspiring people and reaching out to them to see if they'll come and speak and then watching and, and you know, getting the, um, the joy of seeing everybody else learning from them too. And, and so that's just, it's awesome. I think um, I just... I've always wanted to talk with you about this. And during the conference, it's always a whirlwind. So I'm like, bye, Lauren. Hey, Lauren. <laughs> like, as you're like, yeah. admittedly, yeah. Things. I mean, you're just like, you know. Yeah, um, I've got people talking in my ear all the time at the conference. Yeah. <laughs> so I appreciate you taking, carving a little bit of time out separate. Um, but if people do see me at the conference, please come, feel free to come by. If there's anybody listening who has feedback for the conference, uh, you can reach the team at conference. That's singularconference at Clio.com. Um, my team will be there. We're here to listen. Um, if you have ideas, if there's anything that you really want to share, please uh, don't hesitate. And you know, I hope that um, we see people on October 21st and 22nd. We have a pretty fun party, San Diego-inspired event for people to attend this year. And I can't wait to share it with everyone. Great. Thank you so much. I can't wait to be there. And I will see you in October. All right. Cheers, Janine. If you want to use any of the tools or resources I mentioned in this episode, visit the show notes on the blog for links. 
So subscribe to the podcast, She Starts Up, to stay in the loop and visit the website, monamajanine.com to sign up for my newsletter. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, let's start up. Thank you.